0: This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Well, welcome to church today. So glad you guys are here. We're starting a new series today called New Threads. Before we jump into that, we are going to do serves a little bit differently at the end Uh, Today is Back to School Blessing Day, and at the end of the message, uh, we're going to bring up all of our teachers, faculty, staff, students, and it was an amazing first service, and we had such a good time, met a lot of new people, and and this altar was full um, of kiddos and teachers, and we are going to get to that here in just a minute, but that's gonna be at the end. So service is a little different instead of the response time that we normally have. We're going to all participate in blessing our students, teachers, faculty, staff, and our schools. How many of you know right now our schools need more protection to the Lord than they ever have before? So you have a huge part to play in that today, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But today is New Threads. Everybody say New Threads. Now, I like getting new clothes, but I'm one of these guys that I hate shopping. Anybody else hate shopping? You just don't, you don't, I don't, I don't want to go deal with people and all that. I just don't, I just would rather order it, but then it comes to me and it doesn't fit and then I'm mad then anyway, so it doesn't matter. Either way, uh, clothes shopping, for some of you, you love it. For some of us, we hate it, but today we're all going to learn about something that we all are getting some new clothes today. It's going to be really, really cool to see what God says to us this morning, but I and when I was a kid, I loved clothes shopping, back to school clothes shopping. Anybody else, like you got, that was the only time my parents bought me new clothes, by the way, it was like August. And so I had to make those shoes last all year long. Anybody else have, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And then you'd go out on your bike and, and you know, don't when kids ran away and didn't come back for eight hours, you know, we took a sack lunch and. It was like, if you're not bleeding, don't come in this house. That was kind of how it was for us as kids. And we took off and I remember though, those shoes better last you till next August or so help me God. It was that, you know, I just remember these shoes gotta last and I loved back to school clothes shopping as a kid. Now I was a 90s kid. Where are my 90s kids at? Where are my 90s, come on, let me hear you. Where my 90s kids at? Now I loved being a 90s kid. It was the best decade ever for fashion, music, MTV, VH1, television, and the five-time Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys. It was the best decade ever in the history of the world. I loved the 90s. I loved being a 90s kid. And this is what I looked like in high school. It's not me, but this is what I dressed like. Now, this, this is actually probably more junior high, but I did have a windsuit looked just like that and MC Hammer was the inspiration. And let me tell you, you can't touch this. I'm just telling you right now. You can't, you just can't. When you're wearing that, you are it. Everyone else is second place. When you're in a windsuit like that, that was what we looked like. Now, it, since it was the 90s too, whether, whether you were a basketball fan or not, almost everybody that I knew we Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls fans. Does anybody everybody remember? Up, everybody was a Chicago Bulls fan. Everybody loved Don't be hating right now. You can save later. Everybody was a Chicago Bulls fan. Who loved Space Jam? Right. Anybody remember that? Space Jam. Everybody loved Michael Jordan. All right. That's, uh, everybody loved Michael Jordan. If you don't love Michael Jordan, the next one is, um, this is what I looked like in junior high now, this guy is way past his age for looking this way. However, um, now, he, you guys don't know, but he's actually a fifth grader. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but those pants were called, anybody know? g my baby. Yeah, you got, you got it, Ginkos. Now, Now, you didn't use a backpack in junior high um, in the 90s because if you did, then you were a nerd, and only nerds use backpacks. What we did was as skaters, because everyone was a nerd, you were a skater, you were the only cool people. And so when you were a skater, you wore jinkos and you always carried your skateboard with you, whether you knew how to do an Ollie or not, you always pretended you could kick flip like Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk, anybody else, Tony Hawk? <laughs> but Jinkos, I wouldn't carry a backpack, I would actually just put all my textbooks in the pocket because they went all the way down to your feet. So I'd have three different textbooks walking around like this and if, and if, you, if you had a girlfriend, then you would walk like this down the hall together. And it was just, we all looked ridiculous, like waddling penguins, it was so dumb. But that's really how we looked. But then this is really, that was kind of a fringe group I was in for a little while then I realized it wasn't really for me. And so I found another style and then it was influenced by these guys. So this was really, um, everybody remembers Saved by the Bell. All the ladies remember Zach Morris and all the guys remember Kelly Kapowski. This was just how it went in the 90s. It was all of the bleached denim and all, I mean, it's just everything was that. This was influential in the 90s. But I digress, but I have one more for you. Love him or hate him for recent events, this generation was influenced by, did you say it? I perceive thou art a prophet, my friend. Everybody was a fan of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Now, think pre-Chris Rock, okay? <laughs> think Men in Black, think, I mean, just come on, think, think all of that now, you, you just think happy thoughts. And I know that every one of us are feeling it in our soul, that there is a worship song rising up on the inside of you <laughs> right now. And we're all gonna sing this beautiful anointed piece of worship music together. Go ahead, guys. Let's just all make sure. Now this where are my 90s babies at? Out, Come on. My life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute. Just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the of a town called on, James. Now, I'm going to need you to sing it because I'm going to go to the entire video. I'm not quitting because I'm not a quitter. Here we go. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. He's maxing, too cool for this all song. Cool and all Dude, so there all there, go. The there you go. There you go, of guys who were up to no good. Started making trouble in my neighborhood. Come on, in one little Shaka. fight, and my mom got scared and said, You're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the light is the It's into dice in the mirror. I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, man, forget it. Yo, home's the Bel-Air. Last part. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight, and I yelled to the cabby, yo, home, smell you later. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there, to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel-Air. Give yourselves a hand. Good job, everybody. <clears throat> Best decade ever. Ever. Now, we all have seasons of life where wearing those clothes is okay. Now, if, if some of you are 70s babies and you walked in here dressed like that, you'd be a weirdo <laughs> because what you're wearing doesn't match the season. And I think that that's what Paul's trying to tell us in Colossians, that some of us are stuck in a former season that we are wanting one thing with our life, but we're stuck in a former season. Imagine if I was up here preaching to you in Jinkos. Nobody would come to church here, ever. Like, oh, you go to that weird skater guy's church that can't get out of the 90s? Some of us might actually be wearing things that represent a former time in our lives. And I'm not talking about clothes, obviously. But what people see on the outside is actually matching a former season of our lives. So here's what happens. Paul writes a letter to his friends in a city called Colossae. And they're going up against some stuff and he's very concerned. And their culture had turned. The culture for the Colossians had turned and they were saying that they believed in Christ and the resurrection but they were upholding the tenets of Gnosticism, or it's 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 the Greek word "gnosko," it's "gnosis," it's it's it's, it's "I'm I think therefore I am" kind of stuff, not "He is therefore I am." So it's not gospel centric; it's actually unbiblical. And then they were trying to add Jesus to their Gnosticism. Does this sound like our culture today to you? That we're trying to live our lives as to what feels good to us, and that we are trying to to make our lives feel comfortable to us, but we also don't really like the idea of hell. And so we, we, we are trying our best to mix Jesus into our thought process instead of doing what Paul told the, told the Colossians to do in Colossians chapter three. And Paul used a lot of words on purpose and we're gonna dig into all of them. They were intentionally delivered. Nothing in the Bible was accidental. Everything was written on purpose. And so we're gonna dig into those. So let's read our key verse for this series. We're gonna read it today and the next three Sundays out loud together, Colossians chapter three, verse 12. Ready, one, two, ready, read. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. The New Living Translation says, clothe yourselves. Here's the context. Their lives were not matching up with their mouths, and Paul needed to address it. The church was in infancy stage, and Paul was actually in jail when he wrote this letter. And he had a little scribe named Tychicus, and he snuck in and got the letter and snuck out. I just love how sneaky the church had to start and people saw it and it was truth and it was like we have to address this and now you and I are reading a letter that wasn't even written to us. And now it's become this authoritative truth in our lives. I just love how powerful that is. Paul was telling them something is not matching up. The proof is not in the pudding, not pudding ever. It's pudding, pudding tastes better. The proof is not there. Look, so let's get the context in Colossians 3, one through three. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life, if you're serious about it, then act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along with your eyes to the ground, absorbed with things that are right in front of you. No, look up, be alert to what's going on around Christ because that's where the real action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though it's invisible to everybody else, is with Christ in God. He is your life. Now that's a paraphrase written by Eugene Peterson. Let's look at a word-for-word translation in the New American Standard. It says, set your mind on things above. Does this sound familiar to you now? Now. Not on the things that are on the earth, for you have died. And your old life is hidden with Christ in God. Can I encourage you, everybody today here at church, you are dead people. You are dead people. And I'm telling you one thing that is is not surprising at all, but Jesus Christ died and rose again for us so that you and I could be made alive in Christ, not made alive in ourselves. We are dead people. So what did you learn at church today? That I'm dead. And you would actually be biblical in that answer. We are alive in Christ, and he gave his life for us, and things aren't matching up for the Colossians, and they'd fall and prey to some falsities, and out of intense love, this letter was written to help them reset. And my hope today is that this helps us too. For those of us who have, been, who have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, our lives might look like and be stuck in a former season as if I was wearing jinkos here today. Our lives look like that, but something's changing on the inside. And thank God, would somebody agree with me? Aren't we glad that God is a very patient, gracious Father? Maybe for some of us our lives are full of frustration, aggravation, hurry, selfishness and pride. Those are all old clothes. But every once in a while because we still have it in the closet, we take it out and we're like, I just wonder, is this going back in stock? Can I can I go back to this? Paul needed to show them that they have intentionally put on have to intentionally put on Some things, which means we have some things to lay down or take off in order to put on something new. So, in this series, New Threads, we're talking about Christ like attitudes and traits that we must put on. And here's the God's honest truth God will not dress us, God will not do for us what He's called us to do. He can't dress us. God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, to raise from the dead three days later, to give us victory now and forever. The rest, our daily lives, what we choose to put on, the attitudes we choose to wear. The phrase, the devil made me do it, is not in the Bible, somebody, God will not dress us. And so when Paul's telling the Colossians, look, yes, Jesus saved you, but your thinking and the gospel are not lining up. The threads don't match the season. So we're gonna read that verse out loud again because Paul's talking about the Christ-likeness and the attitudes that we need to implement in our lives. Colossians 3.12, let's read it again. So chosen by God for this new life of love, Dress in the wardrobe God's picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. But in the Greek, it reads a little bit differently because the translation's hard to make. And we've said it before and I'll I'll say it again that the English language is actually very limited. And the English translation of the Bible is actually one of the most difficult to read and actually get what the author was saying. So you have to study a lot more because our language doesn't have words to translate the expression of the Greeks and Hebrews. And so we do our best in the English translation, but you gotta dig into it. So here's what King James said, and he actually got this translation right, as weird as it is. Put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on bowels of mercy. Super weird and it deserves some unpacking. Because you don't just blow through this scripture and go, yeah, praise the Lord for bowels of mercy. That's not really a devotional topic that you would choose. So we have to unpack it a little bit. It's very strange in today's vernacular. So allow me to explain. Bowels of mercy comes from two Greek words. The first one is is splagnon, and it means the internal organs of the body. That one's self-explanatory. But the other one, oiktermas means a deep felt urge to relieve pain or sorrow. Now there are a lot of other choices that Paul could have used in his letter to the Colossians that would have meant around the same thing but they wouldn't have been as powerful of a punch. And he chose these descriptors on purpose. Pardon my blunt explanation. But when our internal organs move, it's felt internally. When our bodies are moving to work something out of them, we can feel it internally. And Paul purposefully chose this really strange word, and here's what he means. Deep feelings of compassion should do more than provoke pity for another person. It should move you. To action. Deep feelings of compassion. This doesn't mean oh, I feel sorry for them. No, deep feelings of compassion. It's very interesting that bowels of mercy is in the first list of attitudes. It's the first. Bowels of mercy is the first thing Paul says to put on. And I think that it's interesting for you and I to note that, that even when the Bible lists things in order, the order of those things actually matter too. In the New Testament, these words are used by Jesus even when he said he was deeply moved with compassion to help and heal. By living this quality first, Paul is urging us not to focus on our own needs. And we say around here at church all the time that it's navel-gazing, that we're just looking down at ourselves, And if we're looking down at ourselves and we can't see what's coming, we don't know what the devil's up to. We don't know what God's up to. We don't know what our family's up to. We don't know what our neighbors are up to. We don't know what's going on at all. And maybe in that moment, we don't even care. All we care about is me and my problems and my stuff. And Paul is saying to them to look up and be moved with compassion. Looking up and being moved with compassion is the very first thing, the very first thread. The new thread that you and I are to put on. By living this quality first, we are focused on turning our attention outward to our neighbors, our schools, our teachers, our city, our family, our friends. And we teach that a lot around here that the church was not designed to make you and I comfortable. The church was not even designed for you to come in and go, Good word, preacher, coffee's good, praise the Lord. The good word was the good the good book was not given to us by the man upstairs just to help you live a little bit less of a junky life. This is an all consuming thing. And Jesus gave all of himself for us, not part. And when we look at the gospel, Jesus is saying deep inside, if I'm there where you have to choose to put on compassion, you have to choose to put it on. You have to choose to look outward. I can't put those clothes on for you. Tonight, you have the chance to come to Growth Track. You heard it in the the video announcements. Tonight is where uh, we do this once a month, and there's already, there were eight before first service, now there's 12 families coming tonight, to all get together at the church office to figure out. Why in the world did God put a bunch of people together in an elementary school cafeteria? And what the heck is he up to? It's just a fun, exploratory day. So for those of you that come from traditional backgrounds, you're like, what is the church membership class? This is probably it. So come, and let's just figure out what God's up to together. Let's figure out what God is doing in your life, because that is truly mine and Kelly's call is not to stand up here and preach, it's to help find out what God put in you and help you activate it. So you can be Jesus in your subdivision. So you can be Jesus in your workplace and in your schools. That happens tonight. There's dinner for you and your kids. So come ready to hang out tonight. It only takes about an hour and 45 minutes. There's codes all over the walls out there and you can scan this code or go to the website and sign up tonight so we have enough chicken for everybody. Putting on compassion and dressing in the wardrobe that God picked out for us is truly the best style. And here's the great thing about this style is it never goes out of style. This style doesn't go out of style. Some of y'all thought bell-bottoms, well, they're back. I can't even use that. But never go out of style. They did go out and they came back. And one day jinkos will rise again. But for now skinny will have to do. I remember the first time I put on skinny jeans, I felt like I was wearing pantyhose. And I was like, "What in the world?" And I was like, I was like, I can't. I don't I I, was like, I don't know how this feels. It is like there I was just like I just I, I just feel like I need to get out of these things and I just this is this is painful. Who would dress like this? I was so against it. And I just remember feeling so uncomfortable in something I had never worn before. And now it's pretty much all I own because I've gotten used to the fit. And for some of us, we're going to be putting on these threads, and it's going to feel weird. Because everything in us as Americans wants people to get what's coming to them. That's why we love Judge Judy. We're like, take the doily off and go to town, Grandma. Get them. Get him, we know he's guilty, get him. Like we, we have more judge shows than we can count because we love people getting the blame and being punished. And that's just how our country runs, but I don't know if any of us should, Deep was an American, and so he was saying these things about show compassion, deep, bowel-level compassion for people that you don't even know and that might even be against you that's a hard pair of pants to put on. Because you and I are like, no, they need to get it. And yes, I'm not not talking about crime and criminals, but when people are against you, or have offended you, or have hurt you, or have upset you, is your knee-jerk response compassion, or is it exposing them? Jesus says it's compassion. New season needs a new thread. And maybe this next season for you needs some new threads. And this season's never going to go out of style. So very quickly before we move to our back to school blessing, how do we put on compassion? First of all, you got to go get it. And I know we live in, a, in a, a season of our lives and where everything gets delivered. And I don't know about you, but I love Amazon. I don't have to deal with people. I don't I just sit there on my phone and things come to me and since we live in shirts there's a bajillion square foot facility where it all sits and then they bring it to me an angel brings me my stuff in a day it feels very heavenly to me but then there are times where I have to get the children's shoes for school and I'm at the forum with everyone else that lives in Texas at the same time and I And I'm, I'm just thinking. Sometimes you just can't get things delivered. Some things like that would be like ordering enchiladas. They don't travel well. It's not pizza. It's it would be gross. It's there. There are some things that don't travel well. There are some things you can't get delivered. And Paul is saying you have to go get this compassion, and you got to go put it on. You got to go to the store and you gotta put it on. And just like he told the Colossians, we're learning from it today. And I think it's amazing what Paul said because these new threads can only come from one place. These new threads only come from one store. And there there are knockoffs. I used to own a pair of knockoff Yeezys and everyone thought they were real. There are knockoffs We've all seen your Romex watch. There are knockoffs. You ain't fooling anybody. But the true new threads are only found in here. Yes, you can enjoy worship music, and yes, you you can get a lot out of things like that, but the experiential cannot give way to the truths that are actually hidden in here. The only way to be moved with compassion is to know the Prince of Peace that was compassion, and the only way to do that is to know him through his word. And if you don't know how to read it, we'll teach you how to read it. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. If you want a good study Bible and you can't afford it, I'll buy it for you personally. This is too important. At the end of the day, somebody asked me the other day, how do you know if your church is successful? And one guy piped up in the circle at this pastor's meeting, I usually try to stay away from pastor's meetings for this reason, but for some reason, I ended up at this one. There was a group of people and he's like, when we reach 500, we'll be successful. And I was like, bleh, bleh. And they're like, what about you, Landon? And I was like, when I go to an elementary school cafeteria, then I'm successful. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, we're there now. People are reading their Bibles more. Husbands and wives are praying together more. People are trying to find their next step in the Lord. How many people go to your church? I'm like, I don't really know. Because I I don't look at those numbers. I look at them once a year to plan for the next year. I honestly don't know. All I know is that every day, we're just trying to help you move one step forward. So the world's system of success is not God's system of success. And the world will tell you to make sure they get theirs and get justice. But Jesus says, have compassion. Like a new pair of boots that need to be worn in, you wear them until they're so comfortable you don't wanna take them off. So here's how we do that. What I just said about the Bible leads into number one, it's morning resets. It's these, it's these mornings with God. It's these, it's these times where you're journaling and you're praying and you're, you're asking God to make you aware of those around you today and you're trusting him with your day and you're you're asking him to take your heart and make it like his, and you're asking him to search you and know you. And in this, we're crucifying our selfishness every day. And it could start out if you're not doing this at all, if you're if you don't have a plan for it. We've got some resources that we want to give you. We'll help you start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere, take one step a day. But our mornings with God can't be negotiable. Our, our mornings with God are those special times where before we turn on the news, before we pick up our phones, before we're lied to by people who are paid to lie to us, we go to the one who's never lied to us and we get peace in our souls. We get morning resets. It'll we'll see things Jesus' way. We'll see people Jesus' way. And in that we are moved with compassion. These mornings with God. If you haven't, if you're not there yet, then you you wake up 15 minutes earlier. You spend those moments with God. And it may be just very simple of going through the book of Psalms, reading five to ten verses, and then writing down what is God saying to me and what do I need to do about it. I do that every day. And that's something that can change your life forever. Just that simple discipline. Morning resets are part of how we are moved with compassion. How do we put on compassion? The second thing is we got to keep our eyes open. How do we put on compassion? We got to open our eyes. We got to slow down our schedules and try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and view life from their perspective. These phrases of, well, if I was, or they should, let's try to remove these things from our vocabulary. Let's let's try to ch- switch that with, I believe God wants me to, whatever, blank, for them. And ask God what that is. Be open, have your eyes open. Our kids convict us about this all the time. And they were wondering who lived about five houses down because I think our kids think they know everyone. And they're like, I don't know who lives in that house. So they went to find out, like a bunch of creepers. So they, they go down the street, and they find out Miss Beverly lives there. And they're always asking about Miss Beverly and concerned about Miss Beverly, and Kaylin's taking her uh, cookies she made. And we tasted them first. She was safe. And took cookies down to Miss Beverly, and Wondering if they could mow her lawn and did she need any help? And That was convicting. Their eyes were just open and they were aware that something's going on down the street and I'm not sure what it is, so I'm going to go find out. But it was in a pure way, not a nosy way. Keep your eyes open and God will show you. But if we're just navel-gazing focused on us and our problems and our goals and our money and our success, then we miss out on what God's trying to call us into and all the opportunities that are right in front of us. The last one, number three, be moved to action. Remember what he said? It's bowels of mercy, not ideas of mercy. You know what's interesting? And this is a very, very strange word Paul chose, but when he chose bowels of mercy, when he chose that physiology to name it, When we get closer to Jesus, these things start to move inside of us. And when they move inside of us, we have no choice but to act. You following me? But right now, if you and I are like, nope, I'm not gonna do it, I wonder how close we really are to the Father. Because when our heart beats like his beats, we'll do whatever we can to help that person. And it might not be, in, helping might not be in the way you think, you got to get some wisdom on how to help people or you're going to drain yourself. There's, a, there's ways to do it in a wise way. But we're talking about the value. So everybody this week, do one thing that has everything to do with someone else. Not you, not your movement forward. You simply are being aware of those around you and you're bringing life to them. It could be mowing a neighbor's yard. And you're wondering why their grass is tall. Not right now, because all of our lawns are dead, let's be honest. But in a normal season, (laughs) you're wondering why their grass is so tall. So is your knee-jerk response, I'm going to write a letter to HOA. Don't be that person, by the way, never. Number one. Number two, how about you go ask if you can help? How about you ask, hey, I live three houses down and I normally see you out and about and I haven't seen you out and about in a while. And I noticed your lawn was getting tall and you don't know me at all, but I'm a Christian and I really love our neighborhood and I'm trying to pray for my neighbors and I just wanna know how I could pray for you and if there's something I could physically do for you here today. Can I mow your lawn today? Just say it like that. had a gentleman tell me that he did that one day. He Noticed that something was going on with his neighbors and he went down there and the gentleman had gotten terminally ill and no one from his church had called or his family had called. And this member of our church went over there and said, I've got your back. Has nothing to do with our church at all. There are dozens of churches I would go to in this city if we weren't pastoring this one. It wasn't a come here. They didn't even mention our church. It was, I know Jesus and I'm your friend and neighbor. So we're gonna take care of this together. What do you need? be moved to action. If you're writing notes, write this down. It's not on the screens, but if I had a fourth point, I'd put it there. Compassion is never convenient. You can't schedule compassion. You can't say, okay, Thursday at 4.58 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'm gonna find a way to be compassionate. You can't do that. Compassionate, Acts always happen when you're in a hurry. Compassion always is needed when it's the most inconvenient for you. And I just wonder if you and I could keep our eyes open and see things like Jesus sees. If we're trying to get somewhere and be there on time, I love being on time. I hate being late if you're on time. I'm I'm one of these guys where if you're on time, you're late kind of guys. And, and I, I gotta be places 15 minutes earlier than I'm supposed to be there. I've just always been that way. But do you think that Jesus is gonna look at me and go, Landon, I am so proud of you. You were never late to anything. But you passed by thousands of people your entire life that needed my love and you rejected them for your selfishness. What is God saying to you right now about that? However you're wired, however you're bent, how can God help you? Keep your eyes open so you can be moved to action. It could be buying groceries for the the one that's in front of you at the grocery store and just seeing their condition. And instead of being mad that that single mom has her babies at HEB at 930, I mean, if, if I was those kids' parent, I'd have them in bed. Instead of doing that, how about we see life through her eyes that the dad is out of the picture and she's doing the best she can to work two jobs and maybe God put you in line behind her to be Jesus to her because she prayed that somebody would come into her life. Maybe it would be, shameless plug, joining your school's PTC, Miss Ross and Miss Bristow. Maybe it's getting involved. Instead of bellyaching about the district, you get involved and bring Jesus to the classroom. I just think that you and I need to get to the place where we are not negative, we are helpful. We are not ticked off at anyone but the devil. And we are going to lock arms with our HOAs, our neighborhoods, our neighbors, our schools, our teachers and our principals and our mayors to make sure that where we live is the kind of place that's covered with the anointing of the Lord. Christianity is not passive, it's active. Get engaged. Get morning resets with God. Keep your eyes wide open. Where does God need me today? And then you're gonna have to put your time where your mouth is. Where does God need me today? Be moved to action. Allow God to use you to bring life to your world. It seems simple to say, but the fit needs getting used to, doesn't it? And that's okay. Just wear it every, wear it every day. Eventually those new threads will be your favorite pair. Now I remember when my, my papa he'd get a new pair of Wranglers every Christmas. He, that's all he wanted was a pack of socks and new Wranglers. It was easy. And he'd bellyache about those Wranglers for like a month. And then at the end of the day, the, 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 like three months later, that Copenhagen circle showed up on his back pocket eventually. He got comfy in them. They were now his pants. I think this is going to be hard for some of us to get into those skinny jeans maybe. It's going to feel constricting. But you've been wearing jinkos, just doing whatever you want, wherever you want. And he's asking you. It's not about you saying what you want to say. No one wants to hear what you have to say. If it's not Jesus' words coming out, they need love and compassion. Billy Graham said, It's God's job to judge, the Holy Spirit's job to convict. I'm only called to love. So let God be God and you be you. Put the pants on, be compassionate, take care of your neighborhood, take care of your schools, take care of your family. Put these things on because as we said at the beginning of the message, God cannot put these things on for you. Eventually, these new threads are gonna be your favorite pair, as awkward as it feels now. But God's up to something in your life and it wasn't an accident you were here to hear the word today. I'm so grateful for the word that thousands of years ago, this letter was written from a broken-hearted person to some friends of his that had lost their way. And maybe today you and I were redirected in the same way that the Colossians were as well. So Father, thank you for your word and thank you that it doesn't return void. We're thankful, Lord, for the the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And God, we're thankful that when we get on the same page with you, things begin to change. Thankful, Lord, that when we submit ourselves to hearing the word that it doesn't return void and it will grow. So, Lord, show us the things that we need to do to grow that seed of the word in our lives. Show us, Lord, how we can put those clothes on and allow you to use us in our everyday. In Jesus' name, everybody who receives it said a big, loud amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, Tell us your story by emailing mystory at thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.